With this message today, I, I don't want to create performance. And what I mean by that, hear my heart, because it's real. Our whole life, for the lack of the grace or lack of grace, so many parts of our lives is measured by performance. That's, that's not my heart. It's not about performance. Performance always leads to depression. You can never be good enough. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. But what I do want you to know is that though it's not performance, you really need to know that God loves you and he wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. There's not a person in this room that if you're a believer, that God doesn't want to have a passionate relationship with you that operates through a life of prayer. I call this message tread on this because there's areas that God wants you to tread on and you're going to tread on it through prayer. This is what it says in Joshua 1.3. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. God has given you areas, but you need to tread on it. He says, this is yours, but you need to do the treading. There's there's Jerichos that God wants to destroy in your life. There's giants that he wants to slay in your life. There's battles that he wants you to overcome. And I tell you, the way that you're going to tread in these areas is not with a sword or a machine gun or any of those things. It's going to be through your prayer life. I want you to listen real closely to these two definitions that I'm about to share. One of them is conditional and one is unconditional. Go with me. They're going to be up there. Look at the definition of conditional just for a moment. Conditional. Made or granted on certain terms. Conditional. Made or granted on certain terms. When it comes to something that's conditional, it means that it possibly can change. Something that's conditional can change. Let's look at the next one, unconditional. Unconditional, not subject to any condition. Unconditional, not subject to any condition. That means pretty much it's not going to change. There are things that God has established that's not going to change. There are areas I believe that are conditional and I believe there's areas that are unconditional. I want to talk to you about that today because I think it's real important. I believe that some things that God has done or set in place are unconditional. They are not going to change. Let me give you an example. Every generation has thought that they were the last generation. Just like right now, you're like, 2020? Politics, COVID, math. Oh, oh, heck yeah. Jesus coming home. He coming back. And every, every generation has thought that this is the generation that Jesus is coming back. But guess what? He's not come back yet. You know why? Because the day and the season is unconditional of God. He's going to come back when he's going to come back. It's not going to be because you pray or fast or I don't care how many, say, how many times you say, Jesus, come back. Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come. It's going to happen when he's ready. Are you following me? Everyone say unconditional. But there are areas that are conditional. Conditional that God wants and is waiting to work with you and through you. Your prayers can really make a difference. You can pray and see a change of an outcome. We can pray and see revival. We can pray and see people's lives change. But I want to tell you right now, they're conditioned according to your prayer life. 
Everyone say conditional. Everyone say unconditional. You may be waiting right now for politics to change our nation. You may be waiting right now for a president or a man or the next YouTube or some kind of man's agenda to change our nation. I got news for you. What's going to change our nation is prayer. What's going to, listen to me. What's going to, what, I got a question for you. I got, I got to just, I, I just got to ask you, what is your hope in? I'm going to ask that one more time. What is your hope in? How many would say that my hope is in Jesus? How many of you say today your hope is in Jesus? Well, then we should really act like it. We should really act like it. We say it on Sunday, but we act kind of crazy other days. Man, I want to let you know today that my hope is in Jesus. We sang it today. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Right? Nothing else will do. My hope is in Jesus, nothing else. My rock, come on. My hope is in him. It's not in a president. It's not even in, I love our country, but it's not even our country. Politics didn't save me. Our nation didn't forgive me. Come on. The only person that died for me, saved me, forgave me, his name is Jesus. You need to feel me today that our hope is in Jesus Christ and nothing else. And what we're going to preach from here is that. And we're going to use the Bible to do it. Christ and him crucified. Because the only thing that changes the heart of man is Jesus. It's not a college education. It can help you. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. The only thing that changes man is Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And anytime you get your eyes off of that and on the storm, you will sink. So when you say that your hope is in Jesus, this is my challenge to you. Act like it. Speak like it. Talk like it. Social media like it. Twitter like it. One of the most supernatural practices that you can have anywhere, anytime, any place, at any moment is your prayer life. It's supernatural. It's super normal. You can be in the elevator. Don't tell me you take prayer out of the school. There ain't no way you're going to take prayer out of the school. If I'm in, if I'm in school, I'm going to pray. That's all there is to it. Somebody going to tell you not to pray? Come on, give me a break. You can pray in your school. You can pray. I don't care if your boss is an atheist. I don't care. Pray. You can have a supernatural moment right wherever you are just calling out upon the name of Jesus Christ. Prayer, I believe, does double changes. First of all, I think when we literally pray, seriously pray, it changes you and I. Now, I was in a meeting with some pastors one day, and this pastor said, that's why prayer exists. Prayer exists to change us. That's what it's all about. And I was like, no, that's not what it's all about. Now, prayer does change you and I. But when Jesus taught us to pray, he didn't teach us to pray just to change us. 
Because prayer also can change circumstances around you. So a double change happens. Uh, uh, your, your heart is changed. Your life is changed. Your ways are changed. But also your prayers can change circumstances and lives around you. Jesus would never play head trust with you just to have you pray unless it's going to make a difference. I got news for you. Your prayers can absolutely make a difference. But what if God is waiting? What if God is waiting on you? He's waiting on your prayers to make a difference in our nation, to make a difference when it comes to the loss, to bring revival into this world. What if God is waiting on you and I to pray, to really seek, to ask, to knock, to search with him, for him, with all of our heart? What if God is waiting? He's put it in, in progress, but he's waiting for you and I. J.O., do you really think that God could be waiting for us to pray. And I would say, absolutely. Because it's conditional. I'm going to read a scripture right now, very common to the church. If you've been around church at all, you're going to know this. Second Chronicles 7.14. If. What's the rest of this? Let's just camp right there for a minute. If. What do you think if is? If it's conditional. <laughs> if my people. Oh, you waiting for the world to pray? You waiting for them to pray? You waiting for them out there to pray? You... No, he says, if my people. Who's my people? Use is his people. We's are his people. You and I, if you're a believer today, we are his people. If my people who are called by my name, that's Jesus' followers. He's waiting on you and I in his conditional. If my people who are called by my name will humble. Oh, here's a cool word. Humble themselves. J.L., I, I just ain't come to seek weakness. I just ain't into prayer. Maybe you need to humble yourself. And he goes on to say, and pray and seek. He goes on to say, my face. What are you talking about? My face. I mean, I'm a, come here, Logan. I'm going to seek Logan's face. I'm just seeking his face. No, I'm not just, it's not just his face. It's his presence. As we seek his face. I'm sorry, Logan. I scared him. As we seek and pray his face and turn, say that with me, turn, turn from our wicked ways. He promises, here's the condition, if you pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways, humble yourself, this is what he'll do. He says, I will forgive you, forgive your sin, and heal your nation. Does anyone think that our nation may need healing? turn on any station, man. I don't care what you watch. <laughs> Look at it for 30 seconds. You'll know we need healing. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be if this person gets in or this person in or this and this, this, this. No, no. He's already in. And he's already on his throne. And he's already making intercession. And he's waiting. And his name is Jesus. 
the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, El Shaddai. He's mighty. He's awesome. Ever present, ever knowing, everywhere, he's here. Wow. Now, let me, let me show you that it's conditional. Let's back up one scripture from verse 14 and say, well, why is, why is he saying this? Well, verse 13, it says, when I shut up heaven, this is God saying, and there's no rain, like some of your lives right now, you're living in a dry spot, which is very dangerous. If you ever study dry spots, very dangerous. Or command the locusts to devour the land if your life is feeling devoured. It feels like you have front pockets empty, just holes in them. You, you just can't put two pennies together. Your, your life is being devoured. Even in your health and, and in every aspect, you feel like your life is being devoured. You need to listen. Or send pestilence among my people. Guess what follows that scripture? If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and seek. You see, everyone say condition. It's conditional. James said this, you have not because you. Conditional. Luke 18, 1, this is what Jesus says, code red. He says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story, code red later on. He says, a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And it turned into a parable. And the parable was about this widow. Man, she was tenacious, man. She went to this, this judge who was an ungodly judge. Not like God. Ungodly judge. And she was persistent, man. She was persistent, persistent, persistent. And the ungodly judge, I paraphrase, is like, man, she's driving me crazy. I'm just going to answer her, her call just because she's driving me crazy. Well, look what it says in verse 7. It says, and shall God not avenge? His own elect, you, whom cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. Conditional. What if God's waiting? You've tried everything with your business. Have you tried prayer? Tried everything with your crazy relationship. Have you tried praying? Tried everything with your kids. Have you really got down dirty, nasty in your prayer, praying for your kids? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about spitting. I'm talking about crying. I'm talking about crying out to God with your whole heart. I want you to turn with me to 2 Kings 20, verse 1 through 7. 2 Kings 20, verse 1 through 7. Don't tell me you ain't got a Bible because you've got a cell phone. But Jay, I don't got a cell. I don't got a Bible on my cell phone. Put it on there. Get with the times. You can put seven translation on your. You can put twenty-two, Cody. You can put twenty-two translations on there, right, right there, bro. Every translation you want for free. So don't be walking around with no Bible. I used to pack a Luke nine. Now I pack the Bible. Well, I pack a Luke nine too, but I used to pack a different nine. Actually packed a 22, so we won't go there. Still pack other things, but we won't go there. Shut up, J.O. In those days, Hezekiah was sick. 
and near death. Anybody ever been sick before? Have you been sick before? Just raise your hand. Sickness will automatically change your prayer life. You'll be like praying. Simple prayers. Help. Jesus, I'm dying. Please. Right? I had COVID, man. Don't tell me. Man, it changed my prayer life now. I thought I had a prayer life. I was like. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said this. Listen real close. Hear this point. Here's a prophetic word. God's speaking to Hezekiah, the leader. And he says, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty unconditional to me. How many of you vote if you just read that? You go, that sounds unconditional. The word of the Lord comes to prophet Isaiah. That brother's a prophet. If he misprophesies, he's going to die. He prophesies, Hezekiah, get your house in order. You're going to die. Pretty unconditional. But let me show you something about this unconditional situation. Then he turned, Hezekiah, he turned his face toward the wall. And he prayed. He prayed to the Lord, saying, remember. Remember, God, hey, here's your son right here. Man, oh man, I'm sick right now. Wow, they tell him I'm a, remember, remember me. Remember, I mean, this guy's praying. He says, remember now, oh Lord, I pray how I've walked with you in truth with a loyal heart. And I've done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah, he wept bitterly. He cried at the wall, God, remember me. Look what takes place. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out of the middle of the court. Um, Isaiah's out of there. He did his job. He gave the word of the Lord, I'm out. For he could get all out of the way of the court. Look, 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 look what takes place. And it says, and it happened before Isaiah gone out of the middle of the court. The word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father's. I have heard your prayer. The worst situation that Hezekiah probably ever been in his life. Isaiah speaks the word, you're going to die. Get your house in order. It's done. You're over. And he begins to pray. And God says, I heard your prayer. I don't care what circumstance you're in today. Maybe the, the doctor's given you three months. I got news for you. Nothing, nothing. Listen, listen there's no doctor that, that can seal the deal with that on your life. Because God is on your side and God is for you. And God plus you is a majority. And as you cry out to God, he can change the impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. And Hezekiah cried out, and God, look, let me keep on reading it. I've seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, somebody say the third day. What's the third day remind you of? <laughs> Spencer came up to me after Amber's husband. He said, third day, Jay. I'm like, third day? I don't know what you're talking about, third day. Third day, Hezekiah. I'm like, third day, Hezekiah. Third day, Jesus wrote, third day. I go, oh, yes. There's so many shadows in the Old Testament that comes forward later in the New Testament. On the third day, you shall go into the house of the Lord, 
to the, of the Lord. And I, look, look, I will add I will add 15 years. Just a while ago, he was going to die. Just a few minutes ago, the brother's going on to heaven. Right, Jonesy. And now he prayed. And God gives him 15 years. I've heard your cry. And I will heal you. And he gave him 15 years. What are you faced with today? What sickness are you faced with, faced with that you've given up on? What relationship have you given up? What challenges have you been facing in 2020? I got news for you. He hears your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And I will add 15 years of your life. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend the city of my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, take a lump of, lim- uh, take a lump of lit figs, a lump. Is that what it says? A lump? Just whatever a lump is. I like figs. I've never put them on a boil before or something, you know. We had a big old fig tree in South Carolina in the backyard. I go out there, eat figs. Don't never eat the skin of a fig, though, because it'll make your, fi- your mouth raw. You, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. Just kind of jack up your mouth. Figs are good. But I never used it for medicine. You know what I'm saying? And he put a lump of figs on him, and all of a sudden, so they took it and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. What's your point, J.O.? Here's my point. What seemed to be unconditional that God had made up his mind that Hezekiah was going to die. He prayed, and it changed everything. Somebody say push, P-U-S-H. You pray until something happens. J-O-I prayed, and nothing happened. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You got breath? You alive? Keep praying. I got a list that I pray for every day. You know why I pray for it every day? Because it ain't happened yet. Unconditional. God changed it from a conditional, unconditional situation to a conditional situation. 25 years ago or so, my wife was battling breast cancer. Some of you have heard my story, some, her story before. Listen to my point today. Don't, 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 don't put your fingers in your ears. This is my point. Give me your best ear. And so I get a call at the church that I'm at, right, Capitol Christian Center in Meridian, Idaho. And the doctor calls me, says, your wife has cancer. And I'm like, I didn't know. He's like, you should talk to her, kind of a deal. My wife is a woman of faith. And she, she hadn't shared with me yet. And so I go home that day or sometime, or it's been over 25 years ago, so just cut me some slack. So I go home, and at some point, there's a pink kind of orange piece of paper on our kitchen table, and I pick it up, and it kind of shares the doctor's plan or suggestions. And it says things like mastectomy, partial mastectomy, radiation, chemotherapy, yada, all, all this really bad news. Are you feeling me? And so... 
Right at that point, we're having a winter camp for the youth. I was a youth pastor. We worked with the youth. I was over generation ministry at the church. We had a youth camp at Donnelly, Idaho. And we're having a youth, youth winter camp called uh, Snow Quest. And we're bringing in a guy that we've never brought in before. His name was Tracy Armstrong. And I met Tracy at a, 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 a church event, but we've never had him in for ministry. And so he's there, and, and if you've never met Tracy, you'll, you'll see how mystique he is, how unique he is, and he has an incredible gift. And so he gets up to preach, and, and just from the get-go, he says, there's someone in this room that has uh, cancer in a female organ. And this is a room full of youth and young adults, and, 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 and the only people that, in that room that knows what's going on with Radine is Radine and I. And so Radine stands up and goes forward, and you can imagine what everyone thought. And he begins to prophesy. First of all, he had a word of knowledge. That was a word of knowledge. But then he has a prophetic word. Hey, you have had two tests. You're going to go get the third test. Cancer is going to, they will not find cancer in your body, and, and, and cancer is going to be broken in your body. And we're like, wow. Okay. So Radian and I, we begin, of course, talking. And we set up an appointment with the Tumor Institute in, in Boise, Idaho. We get there. We get this third appointment, or I don't know how the appointments were. This is a third test. We go in, and uh, it's a very, very not fun place to go. It's very sad. People are in wheelchairs doing chemotherapy and hurting and you know it's it's not it's a very very sad place hurting people so we go in we go into the room and the doctor is not excited to see us he's not pumped about taking the time for a third test he's like your estrogen is working against you your fasting's not going to help you your herbs are not going to help you what's going to help you is me and we're like sir can we have a third test? He gives her a third test, and while she's taking the third test, my wife starts giggling. No joke. I'm like, all right. The doctor looks at us and says, I got to take these over to the chemist to make sure we got enough cells so that they can test it. He goes out the door. The nurse comes back in the door, shuts the door, and says, what's going on with you guys? She says something like this. This is a place of death, and what's, what's going on with you guys? And that's like for us saying, please, please, please preach the gospel to me. <laughs> and so we begin to tell her about Jesus, and we told her about the church, and we may have told her about the word, and, 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 and she says, I'm, I'm going to bring my daughter to your church. And we're like, well, Hallelujah. Then the doctor comes back and he says, hey, I got enough. I'm gonna, it was on a Friday. I'll call you on Monday and tell you what we find. Um, 12 o'clock Monday comes when the phone's supposed to ring, doesn't ring, and he's late. And then finally the phone rings. I run and get the phone. We had a, you know, had a phone in our house at that time. Remember those days? Picked it up, <laughs> picked it up, and they won't even tell me. Well, let me talk to Radino. And so hand the phone to Radino. I got my ear right up to the phone. Because I've already tracked down Tracy. I think I left a message. I think it was in Amsterdam or something. Somewhere. He was, and I'm like, hey, bro, this is my wife. Did you hear from God? <laughs> Tracy never wavered 
that much. Jail, I heard from God. Never waver. Got my ear up to the phone. She's talking to Ray Dean. I've had two or three chemists look at your, your report, and you have no cancer in your body. Right? I believe it was conditional. God can do whatever he wants to do, right? But we felt strongly to go get the third test. Do you know if we wouldn't have got the third test, probably what would have taken place? I don't even want to talk about it. There's conditionals and there's unconditionals. David hooked up with Bathsheba. Adultery, sex, murder, cover-up. Gets called on the carpet, remember? But then he gets called on the carpet the second time, and Nathan says, the baby is not going to live. This is the baby that was that, that took place, I think, from the adulterous situation, right? It's not going to live. You know what David did? David, man, he, he's like, oh, I'm going to seek God. He goes to the temple, and he fasts, and he lays on the ground. I think he fasts. If you look, at, it looks like he fasted seven days and laid on the ground at the temple and wouldn't get seven days crying out for the mercy of God. The elders came in, couldn't even get him off the ground. Seventh day, they come in because the baby died. And David's like, is the baby dead? They said, yeah. He got up, cleaned up, went into the temple of God and worshiped. Why do you share that sad story, J.O.? Because it's unconditional. God had said it. He said it and he said it and it took place. But then you look at Peter. Peter's in jail. And look what the Bible says, what's going on while Peter's in jail. Look at the key here. Peter's in jail, and the Bible says, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest, somebody say that with me, earnest. Everybody say it with me, earnest. Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. They're praying, man. They're interceding. Earnest prayer. I mean, constant. They're constantly praying for, for, for Peter. And God sends an angel there to the prison. He's asleep between two guards, right? All, all chained up. And God comes with his angel, lifts him, takes him out between two guards. They go through two gates. He realizes, hey, this is not a vision. This is for real. He goes to John's mother's house, and he knocks on the door. Guess what's happening in that house? They're praying for him. He knocks on the door. A woman named Rada comes, looks at him, freaks out, goes, oh, my goodness. They don't even believe her. It couldn't, you know, she couldn't even. Finally, they, they, they see that it's Peter. And it's just like the church. We pray, and it happens, and we freak out. We're like, it happened. Ah! When we should be like, yeah. It should happen. Amen. Right. And then he's free. Prayer. The, man, prayer was the key. Young Yi Cho, years ago, I read a book of his. Key. Prayer. The key to revival. 
how he had the biggest church in South Korea. Over 900,000 people, maybe a million people under one church, man. Why? He said prayer. He's like, those American pastors, they stay up all night. He goes home and goes to bed so he can get up like at three and pray. Prayer. Ezra, this is what he said. So we fasted and entreated our God for this. And he answered our prayers. Fasted and entreated God. And God answered. There was a guy blind of birth, by birth, at birth. And Jesus, I love Jesus. He goes, he messes with you, you know what I'm saying? Jesus, all he got to do is send a word, right? But he spits in the dirt, makes a mud ball, sticks it on the dude's eye, right? You shouldn't try that. Unless you have a word from God, right? Don't be trying to copy Jesus when you don't have a word, right? How many of you try to walk on water and you sink? Why? Because Peter had a word. And then he says, go and bathe in the creek or pool or whatever of Siloam. And he went. Everyone say conditional. He wasn't healed until he went and bathed in Siloam. And then you have, uh, you, you, you have people like Jehoshaphat, had all these people coming at him, going to take over. And the Bible says he feared. But you know what he did? The greatest things he could ever did. He began to seek God. And God worked on his behalf and ambushed the enemy. And then you got people like Naaman who had leprosy. Here he is, a great God. Man, he was a great guy. And he had leprosy. And, and, and the man of God, he tells him, listen, this is, the man of God doesn't even go to Naaman. He sends a dude to go to Naaman and say, say this, I want you to go dip in the Jordan seven times. Now, if, if you had leprosy and God says go dip in the Jordan Let's, say, let's put it like this, in the Spokane River seven times. How many would you go and dip in the Spokane River seven times? And some of you wouldn't. Well, you're crazy. I'd be dipping all day in Spokane River. And Naaman's like, well, why wouldn't it be this river? Why wouldn't it be this river? Why wouldn't it be? I thought the man of God would come himself and wave over my head. And he was offended. And finally, he came to his senses and he went and dipped. Seven times in the river. And guess what? Guess what? Oh, you, you got to do better than that. Guess what? He was healed. Because it was conditional. You're like, well, God doesn't have to do things like that. Well, you are the pot. And he's the clay maker. And God can do whatever he wants to do. He sits in heaven, and he can do whatever he wants to do. But one thing he asks from us, and I'll close with this. He says this, Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jail, how do you know if they're conditional or unconditional? So what do we pray for? This is what, you ready for this? Here, here's a revelation. You ready for this revelation? What do you pray for? You ready? You pray for everything. You pray for everything. I lay hands on my truck all the time. I lay hands on my dog all the time. Of course my wife and friends and 
family. I pray. I'm going to go this trip or do this or this meeting. Pray. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Conditional or unconditional. One thing we can say about conditional is this. If you're sick, we believe that Jesus did that at the cross. He was beat for you, tormented for you. By his stripes, you were healed. So you know what? This church right here, we're going to contend for your healing. Because we believe, hey, conditional. Right?